Welcome back to LinkedIn Logs. I'm your host, Chad White. If you didn't know, this is the business podcast for the website, cpluscomedy.com. Like I just said, it's a website. Go there. Uh, business podcast? I meant to say LinkedIn Fluencer. Uh, who cares? Uh, as this theme song fades out, I forgot how long it was. It's 30 seconds long. Excuse me, it's 34 seconds long. The late night lately one is 30. And then the Constitutionals is 15. Maybe I should cut most of these down. Nah, I don't want to do that. Too much work. Too much work. Here we are, me messing with the ear cup of the headphones, because I want to hear myself talk. Episode 12, LinkedIn Logs. I can't believe I've been doing it for 12 episodes. I can't believe I've been doing Constitutionals for 260. Plus bonus episodes. Plus... Episodes I didn't make because I took a lot of time off. (laughs) All that time and effort for no return. (laughs) I I asked someone uh, asked me today. Because, you know, I talk to people. Someone asked me today. You haven't made much. I told they're like, what do you do? We're not working. I was, and I go, I, you know, what, what do you do with this thing? And I, and I went, oh, just my portfolio. I do it, blah, blah, blah. I don't make money from it. Like, you don't make money from it. No, I don't. I haven't made it for 10 years. <laughs> and I said this whole, I said this, like, beautiful, arch, altruistic thing that saying just, I said, you know, it just, it just cheapens the product if I, if I did it for money. I'm just doing it to build the portfolio because I enjoy it. And then deep down, I, I thought, I got to make some friggin' money on this thing. <laughs> C plus comedy doesn't make money. I remember, uh, what, two or what year is it, 2023? So maybe, yeah, two years ago. Some Yeah, two years ago, uh, I applied to a job. I won't say at what company. Warner Brothers. I <laughs> At the time, it was Warner Media. I applied to a company, to Warner Media. <laughs> and uh i was though it was the only time i was like hotly contested for more than one position uh but i like that's truly like the only time i I was talking to a friend at the gym and he uh just told me about he was telling me about uh how two companies amex and coke want him to work in their marketing department and he's leaving those and they didn't and like these just came out of nowhere he's leaving another job uh, and he, was, he wasn't even looking. And then I'm just sitting here going, God, I can't even get someone to talk to me. <laughs> I can't even get a company to to even want me initially. Anyway, this is the only time I was ever contested. Hotly, hotly wanted for two different jobs. Uh, and they both happened to be at Warner Media. And one was a the, – the, the one I didn't go with was – ultimately a uh uh, uh what was it's like a two-year a guaranteed two-year contract job not contract but benefit and all that stuff to a guaranteed two years but for significantly less money and and you would and it was it was in cnn i believe i don't remember but anyway and it was it was kind of a boring position uh, and, and I, I went through, you know, all the, the, the two or three sets of interviews and everything. And I, I remember in one of the interviews, one, the head person of the, the position 
was uh, they were going through my I guess you know resume and everything, and then uh, I specifically did not mention you know C plus comedy because I knew that these people were a little bit more serious, so I never mentioned that. And the, and the, the the head person goes, uh, well, uh, so how are you gonna are you gonna continue doing this thing? Your little portfolio, your, you know, not little, but your portfolio. Uh, and I and I'm I'm thinking and I'm like yeah I mean I'll do it but only on the weekend you know or late at night when I'm not working on the job uh, which you know I've I've never done at any other position but uh and and the guy <laughs> just look he just stared he looked like uh, Jerry um oh what is his name he was an SNL star oh my god hold on now, now I gotta look this up SNL alum Jerry not sign Jerry Minor. He looked just like Jerry Minor, and I remember him looking at me. I was like, "Oh, I don't." And I'm going, "No, no, no. I'm gonna, you know, it's, it's, I'll do it on the weekends. I'll do it late at night. I'm, I'm, I'm just not, It's never gonna. It's never gonna get into into the in front of my work or anything." And he was sitting there, stone faced. If you just look up Jerry Minor, just stone faced, staring at me. And after I said like a whole like a, a 10, 15 second spiel of like, "I'll, I'll I, I can do it any other time," he was like. Hmm. Okay. <laughs> and at that point, I, I went, well, don't. It's just that I'm like, I'm not making money from it. It's I have to. The reason why I keep doing it is, A, I enjoy it, truly. And then, B, uh, no matter how much I say I hate it, I enjoy it. I enjoy doing these stupid shows and interviewing comedians and everything because it's, it's great. It's just it's awesome thing to do. And I was doing it before people on TikTok and, and YouTube and Twitter and all that stuff. I, I'm, I'm proto version. And, uh, and, and he, but I, 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 so I do it cause I enjoy it. And then two, uh, it is a great thing to have in your back pocket because if I, if I told the, the entire complete truth of my resume, if I, if I wrote down, you know, uh, I wasn't here for two years, I was here for a year and a half. And then I had eight months of no related jobs and I was, uh, working, you know, in a kitchen, not in a kitchen, I was working in a restaurant or I was walking dogs or I was at UPS, then they would go, oh, well, you're you're not ready for anything. Versus if I lie and if I say, hey, I was here for two and a half years instead of like just regular two years or one and a half, then uh, they're going to be like, oh, so you were there for that amount of time. And, you know, it's just, uh, I mean, anyway, that's the reason why I did that. There's something else I wanted to say. I don't remember. Anyway, what else has been going on? I posted on uh, LinkedIn that well, my my un you know uh, I don't know if you know this unemployment runs out, and it's not that much in the first place. Except during the pandemic, when it was when during the height of the pandemic, it was it was worthwhile to sit at home. But uh, I I I got nothing for me, and I I did a, I did a little post on LinkedIn that uh, admittedly ChatGPT wrote for me. Because I don't do sad, uh, long form posts, but I posted that, and I think now it has like twenty likes, which is jack crap compared to. Li- li- literally, I saw one uh, from a guy in my similar situation, but he's married, so he's a double income, and uh, he's been out of a job for eight months, and it had four thousand likes, and like two thousand comments, people offering advice. Versus mine is twenty likes. They're all people I went to high school with. <laughs> what I'm saying is, I need I need a job, not just for my sanity, but for my money. 
There's no use talking here about it. This is my least listened to show. Anyway, let's move on. I got some stories I want to talk about. Let me just bring that up. I've gotten good at bringing things up. This comes from CNBC, written by Michaela Cohen. These are the tech jobs that threatened, uh, most threatened by ChatGPT and AI. Speaking of ChatGPT, we're going to see an, ab- an abundant use of AI over the next couple of years. I, it's interesting. We went from... It feels like there's been a snowball effect where we went from not talking about AI uh, in, the, in, in the way that we were talking about it today to now talking about it in the context of it's here to ruin our lives and also make it better, make them better. I like I like if you look at I mean, Siri and Alexa and Google are all they use they use ai ish components and and tesla cars they use ai to i guess map the roads and i mean we we've, we've we've had artificial intelligence in our in our lives for 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 the longest amount of time for years for decades probably and it is it's just fascinating to see that this in the past year it's just been going from from like very flat level to now it's at the highest peak where we're talking about it. So far this year, the tech industry has already cut 5% more jobs than it did in all of 2022, according to Challenger Gray and Christmas, which is a uh, Christmas. Your last name is Christmas. There's only one person I can think of uh, named Christmas, and she was on Big Brother, and she was a horrible racist. And she beat up a she when she was pregnant she beat up a woman. I don't remember what for. But I remember thinking like, come on, <laughs> have some decorum. And then I think she got married to another racist contestant on Big Brother. Uh, and I'll say that to her face: they're racist. They're part of the family or the the community or something like that. As layoffs continue, the mount workers are not only scared of being laid off; they're scared of being replaced altogether. I don't think the a lot of the the positions and tools within our world are going to you know automation can't replace everything as much as I I I just I talked about this on the, the Constitutionals last episode two fifty nine where Hollywood is is concerned about uh, 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 scripts Hollywood writers are concerned about scripts uh, redoing. Um, not redoing. Um, what what's what's the term I'm looking for? Or oh, being used studios using scripts. Uh, and studios, quite frankly, don't want to do that. Use scripts written by AI tools. I believe um, Universal Music or Warner Music. Uh, they they just uh, are trying. They're trying to set up laws within the government that say uh, art artists, musical artists, can't their voices cannot be mimicked. Which is good. Like we should have Hollywood should fully back this. We can't get we can't get on board with you know uh, banning Mel Gibson <laughs> or uh, uh, Kevin Spacey. Let me just keep naming uh, white men who have done bad things. I'll name Chris Brown. You know, let's do that. <laughs> oh, look at me! But we can't get on board with this. Anyway, uh, what they suggest in this article is that I'm I'm just going to look at the headlines. I really don't care, but. Creatives and designers should adopt AI skills 
Just like similar, uh, just like similar trends in history, creative jobs will be in demand after the widespread inclusion of generative AI and other AI tech in the workplace. Uh, you're going to have to be able to be malleable with the times. I mean, it's it's just like any type of technology. When when uh, typewriters turn into computers, those were a big deal. When 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 uh, uh, phones were introduced, that was a big deal. So now we have to go. We have to take this leap using AI tools. I mean, there's not. Like getting rid of AI completely from the workplace doesn't wouldn't really work in the long run. I I do I do think we have to you know work in concert with these technologies. I like the like the women who what's that movie called Hidden Figures? The women who were the uh, the math the math for NASA. They did the math for NASA. Then uh, you know eventually computers came along and the equations got bigger and more complex but now we're using technology to work with and send people to space we're going back to space 2025 baby back to the moon let's do it one of these days alice one of these days alice bam zoom right to the moon he's gonna beat his wife and hit her so hard that goes to the moon. oh situation comedies Software developers and engineers will be impacted. Of course, you know uh, I don't I don't know how good AI is good at writing code. Um, there, with with code being now being taught in school, I can't see, you know, it's someone like a whole company just plugging in. Hey, let's make an app like Spotify, but also it it uh, records video and it can upload to the video and be like a TikTok type thing. I can't see someone plugging that into a code developer or a code machine and uh i have i'm taking if you notice i'm taking if you're watching the video i'm taking the the ear cup off because i i saw the maintenance people doing their routine maintenance like replacing filters and everything so i've been uh uh concerned about them popping into my apartment uh i know they'll knock obviously not like i'm sitting here pantsless and they're gonna just open the door (laughs) I'm like, oh, no, you caught me. It's not my fetish. (laughs) Okay, this is a uh, linked influencer podcast. Come on, Chad. That's where my pants are off. Play on words. Uh, (laughs) And uh, yeah, I I just I just can't see like a code building thing using that like that 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 type of uh, thing. yeah, it, I again, we're just gonna have to work in concert with these uh, technologies and and not become too reliant on them. And the uh, completely, I want to move on to this next thing because we are running out of time. This comes from the Wall Street Journal, written by Esther Fung. UPS and Teamsters kick off contract negotiations. I used to work at the United Parcel Service. There are, uh, you, you should know this, there are all types of um, unions around the world, and, we'll, and the next story does talk about unions that I, I want to get into, but the uh, uh, unions are very, depending on who you ask, they're very important or not very important. Uh, Starbucks, they've been fighting against their union uh, for a very long time. They Howard Schultz, and, uh, and it, they just... He really is against it, and he's trying to prove that the company can do better for them. But, you know, in terms of just store health and people wanting to continue working at Starbucks overall, I think that – I've worked at Starbucks too. Interesting. Uh, I think that – not really. I think that um, 
you know, unions are, are, are better for the people that work there because yes, you can introduce, you know, uh, Walmart and Starbucks and McDonald's can pay for you to go to college, but that comes at a cost of no health benefits, uh, lower pay, uh, poor time off. And if you've never worked in a sector of retail or food service and you don't understand, like if you can't grasp this, the scope of this, of, of, of these types of deals, then uh, you're really, I mean, first of all, congratulations, you've never had to struggle in your entire life. But you're really, uh, 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 you, should, you should take time to understand that, that unions are, uh, for, do large in part, are for the better of betterment of the the worker. Now there are times where like like um, teamsters for like movies and TV shows and things of that nature, they can they, since I mean they can run circles around the whole production and just essentially not do their work. Um, I think I think that's teamsters as a whole. Anyway, it's 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 in, it's important that um, uh, that there's a there's a kind of of a, a balance between the two. So the last deal they signed was a five-year agreement in 2018. Now UPS and rival FedEx Corp have become more focused in recent years on delivering more profitable packages rather than increasing volume. FedEx has a restructuring plan that they want to do. And they want uh, more flexibility. All companies want more flexibilities for their workforce to offer weekend drop-offs and other services. The new UPS contract will map out the delivery, delivery giant's cost structure at a time when customers demand more options for deliveries. UPS reported record operating profit in 2021-2022, but said in January that it's preparing for a global delivery slowdown this year. Teamsters say they realize the significance of the next UPS contract, which is expected to cover about 330,000 employees in a five-year deal that would go through 2028. I went to, so when I was working at uh, UPS, the first time I ever came into contact with a union, with union members is you would leave your shift at like, you know, nine o'clock for me, I was leaving at nine o'clock, uh, getting in like three or four and AM and, uh, and you would leave your shift and there'd just be a whole gaggle of mostly dudes, just like older, old white dudes in hats and flannel always just like yelling at you like join the union come on come join the union you gotta they we're gonna fight for your rights uh and and they're and they're mostly and they're mostly correct but i remember asking the guy who worked on my assembly line with me or my line my what is it the my conveyor belt he, uh, I remember asking him, I was like, oh, who are those, those guys for? He's like, oh man, you don't want to work with the, his name was Chris. Oh man, you guys, you don't want to, I worked with a lot of Chris. <laughs> you don't want to, you don't want to talk to those guys. They're, they're union members. If you've been here a while, you can talk to them, but you don't want to do that. They're, they'll suck you in and blah, blah, blah. Uh, and, and this was also a guy who worked at Ross, um, dress for less. And he, he, I remember one day he came in to, uh, the, uh, um, to the to the factory, the UPS factory, and he, and he goes, yeah, man, I was sent home yesterday early from Ross. He, I guess, he worked in the back, you know, collecting deliveries or whatever, and or and putting on tags. But he, he goes, yeah, they made zero dollars yesterday. Like they literally made zero dollars. They sit. He just sit. The, my boss just sent me home because they didn't bring in any money yesterday. <laughs> and I was like, what? Like, how does a Ross not have any customers? That's I think that's so funny. Uh, 
he also uh, I also remember that was that was the job I was working before I got uh, 11 alive uh, WXIA and the Wednesday I learned I got it the next Thursday I so I learned I learned Wednesday night at 9 p.m. I remember distinctly because I was going to bed and I was going to wake up at you know 3 30 to go to the four o'clock shift and uh, and then uh, I, I intentionally showed up late <laughs> to work <laughs> Cause I, cause I was like, I got this job. I don't have to do anything. Uh, and I, I, uh, I told him, I told him that I, that I got this, uh, this, um, what was it called? It was a, uh, a help desk. That's what it was before I just took on the moniker of digital producer. Uh, I got this help desk job and he was like, Whoa, you're going to be making what? Six figures, hundred thousand dollars. And I was like, what? <laughs> I'm 22 years old. <laughs> oh my god! Like, how is that possible? It's just so funny. And I, and then I remember uh, all of the uh, all of the supervisors. I, I I told I told like I told I'm not kidding. I told Chris, the guy Michael Verabell, and I told um, uh, the HR person at uh, at UPS. And then the following day. Literally all the supervisors knew. Supervisor people I'd never even spoken to. Oh, Chad, congratulations. Oh, you're gonna miss the big man. You're gonna be out of here. <laughs> and I was just like, Yep, I'm gonna come back here. And uh I also I was starting, I was supposed to start a week from the next Monday. So I was gonna start in like uh seven plus three, ten days. Uh, but then I was like, no, they need me this coming Monday. And, uh, I, I think the heaviest day was the heaviest days for delivery are Tuesdays. And they're like, you can't, can you not stay on till Wednesday? And I was like, I went, nope. <laughs> and I remember walking out of that, walking out of the front door. Anyway, thought that was very funny, but I remember like supervisors coming up to me, shaking my hand, like, congratulations. <laughs> We're just like, we never spoke. <laughs> anyway, the union wants UPS to raise the pay. For part-timers to do away with the second category of drivers to handle weekend deliveries, UPS. Sorry, I lost the I lost the page. I'm so UPS says it wants more flexibility to have employees work during the weekends in response to shifts in demand from parcel recipients wanting deliveries any day of the week. You know, we don't get mail on Sunday. Maybe we shouldn't get UPS deliveries on Sunday. Uh, and I only say that because we go through a secondary company here. That that takes in all of our deliveries. That is offsite, and and there and there with it's fetch. It's called fetch, and it's with it's essentially most uh, uh, apartments apartment complexes around here also use fetch. Not not a lot, but most of them, some of them do. And yeah, I'll down I'll downgrade it from most to some. <laughs> that's the title. Um, uh, but uh, oh no, that's that can't be the title. This isn't the constitutionals. I just came up with a great title, and I can't use it. But the uh, 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 they, but anyway, they stopped delivering on Sundays, and I learned that the hard way when you know when you when you order something on a Friday night and then UPS says it's going to be there on Sunday, you go okay, great, I'll get it Sunday evening. Oh, so anyway, the so fetch what they do is you know UPS will deliver it to there or Walmart or whomever you're you're ordering from, and then you're in their system, and then they send it. They they hire people you know, to come and drop it off at your apartment door, your apartment door. We used to have a package room uh, and then the pandemic hit. And rightly so, everybody, like they cut down, they cut off the package room and then they made it, uh, you had to, We now we pay $25, I think. 
It's either ten dollars or twenty five dollars. No, the trash is twenty five dollars, which is ridiculous. Anyway, I'm not gonna get into that. Uh, I've I've had I've had my issues with the trash company, Valley Trash, and I've sent them some very angry emails because they're not picking up my cat litter. And you can't even tell it's litter. All you gotta do is just pick up the bag, and it's just heavy. That's it. Anyway, whatever. We're not gonna talk about that. We're not gonna talk about that. But uh, it's ten dollars a month for residents, and you have to use it. It's built in. Okay, so yes, uh, uh, UPS uh, wants to essentially get its uh, part-time employees to to make uh, a decent wage, and and the unions are really trying to to keep enforcing these things. The talks. Uh, are going to continue. They started in January and they're going to continue and we're, we're going to see what kind of uh, deals come from it. Uh, they deal with provisions not covered under the national agreement, such as paid time off discipline, uh, grievance procedures, seniority, overtime, and work hours. Grievance procedures are very important. Uh, I, this is, I mean, I will, it's going to get sad for a second, but I, my dad died when I got my, uh, the, not the Warner job, but the job before that, like literally the second week <laughs> I like, and then I, I had to go tell my boss, I was like, Hey, uh, I got to go to this funeral. <laughs> um, <laughs> and, and it was just good, but I felt like there, there was an obligation cause it was my first job with benefits and I had to, and and I and I and I was like, oh my gosh, like, does it have to be on a Friday? Do I have to miss a, a Friday workday? Can it be on a Saturday? I wasn't saying that out loud. Anyway, there's that. That's the unions. And then the final thing. This one comes from Variety, written by Gene Mattis. WGA approves strike authorization with 97.9% voting yes. Now this it's important to note that the Warner's Guild of America they uh, have been fighting with studios. Uh, uh, within the past couple of years talking about profits for streaming. Str- uh, streamers like your um, uh, Netflixes, your Hulus, your Disney Pluses, they, they're they not treated the exact same as uh, like a regular studio. Like Disney Plus isn't Disney. Hulu isn't Disney. Um, Netflix isn't treated the exact same way that, you know, uh, uh, your CBS, your Paramount is. I could have gone with Paramount and Paramount Plus, but whatever. Uh, or CBS and Paramount Plus. But the it's it, it, so so number one, there was there was a writer's strike a couple of years a couple of years ago. A, a de, what year is it? Twenty twenty three. When I was in high school, so maybe fifteen years ago at this point. So there was a writer's strike, and it was uh, you and you'll remember it's like two thousand seven. 2008, I think it was 2008, and uh, SNL ended uh, a season, you know, like at like 15 episodes, plenty of comedies and dramas ended seasons uh, f- like very, very early, and because I, th- I think it happened like March or April, around this around this time, uh, and, and they were striking for months on end, and they would, you know, do the picket line and all that stuff, and just things weren't getting made, um, and, uh, you know, that you should you should definitely want your writers to get paid and that's the thing the studios are taking in all this extra money and it's more than just streaming but this is this is one of the bigger issues the studios are taking in all this extra money from streaming and the profits aren't going to 
the people who helped create it. And, and in this case, it's the writers. Um, now, the strike authorization is just it's all the guild members of the Writers Guild saying or 97.9 percent of them. Uh, it's the writers. It's the Writers Guild members going, hey, to the heads of the Writers Guild, we uh, we're uh, we're saying that, yes, we're giving you authorization to strike. Yes. If, if it does come down to a strike, then uh, we want you to strike. They're not saying that they want a strike, period. They're saying that, that is a, if that's the only possibility, then yes, it's going to, then we're allowing that to happen. The contract expires uh, for, for the, this current union contract tract for uh, Writers Guild and the between Writers Guild and Studios expires May 1st. Now, you remember, uh, I think a couple of years ago, um, there was a big exodus of writers um, dropping their agents because of, of a packaging deals that agents were getting. Because agents with agents, I believe they can produce and um, uh, managers, they can't. It's one of those. But anyway, go look into it. I've done news time on it. Anyway, uh, in an email to members, the guild said 78.79% of eligible members had cast ballots, and the vote was 9,020 9, in favor and 198 opposed. In 2017, the guild voted 96.3% in favor of strike authorization but did not strike. But in 2007, they did strike with 90.3%. Per- the Guild also went on strike in 1988 after they voted 97%. It's just important that, you know, these, uh, it's, I mean, it's it's big. You Like, you have, you watch all these shows and, and you do all these things and um, uh, uh, you watch, rather, you watch all these shows uh, and movies and these people aren't getting paid. And I say these people because I'm not a part of a union, even though I was asked last week by somebody. Hey, you part of a union? I'm like, no, because I probably have a job by now. Because at least one person that in that union, that guild, would be like, "Hey, hey, buddy, I got a job for you," or I know I can refer, I can reference you, refer you to somebody. Negotiations began on March twentieth, but the early days consisted largely of speech making. There's not been much headway. So yeah, we we could be going. Uh, the writers could be going to a strike. Could be. Things can be ratified. They just have to sign longer deals, longer and better deals. Isn't that important? Isn't that the thing that's important to know? And if you listen to the Constitutionals podcast, which is the entertainment business podcast, then you will I will dig more deep into that. But right now we're just talking about the business side, not the entertainment side. Hey, listen, speaking of things that are entertaining, I hope you found this entertaining. <laughs> I don't know if you did. Probably not. If you like what you heard here, Head on over to the website cpluscomedy.com where we've got other podcasts, including the aforementioned C plus, uh, excuse me, the Constitutionals, which is called uh, which is which is called which is the Entertainment Business News Show where I talk about entertainment business news. It's great. It's the the premier one. It's the one that's been going on for a long time. Uh, you can also listen to I believe tomorrow on the Constitutionals feed. I interviewed Luke Monez, who is a comedian. And he's uh, part of Netflix's inaugural introducing. He's been on a uh, some a couple of uh, comedy based TV based projects, and uh, uh, you know also with Comedy Central and things like that. He has a new album coming out uh, from Blonde Medicine. Uh, anyway, 
Check out that interview. It's great. Check out the other interviews. They also live on cpluscomedy.com. The other podcast is Late Night Lately, the Late Late Night Show Show, which is a late night, uh, uh, not recap podcast, but just talk about late night and the things I like there. Uh, it took a, we took a week off last week, but we'll be back this week talking about all things Roy Wood Jr., uh, Jordan Klepper, both hosting The Daily Show, taking turns at it. And some other things that I've written down in my notion. You want to see a video version of all those shows, including those interviews under the interviews, go to youtube.com slash C plus comedy, where you can also see our premiere show news time, which is like the daily show, except way less funny. You can follow us on TikTok, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at C plus comedy. Follow me at Chad Black White. Rate, review, subscribe, tell your friends. And that is the end of this show. I hope you enjoyed it. And one day, I'm going to remember to press the theme song button as I'm saying, like, you know, the TikTok thing or whatever. Uh, okay. Well, thanks for listening, and goodbye. Goodbye.